Welcome back to another episode of Breakthrough, a Dale Carnegie podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks for hopping on. I'm co-hosting with Neville DeLucia. My name is Faith Wright, and we have a special guest on today. I'm super excited to have Cornelius Kirk. He is an inspirational speaker and coach. He has a podcast. He values discipline, wellness, and habits of excellence. He has a background in corporate sales. Um, he has leadership that brings a unique perspective, which is something we all need. Um, and he brings that to many organizations. He loves to empower his clients to cultivate their limitless potential. Wow. His mantra is you are powerful beyond measure. So act like it. <laughs> I love that Cornelius. Can you share a little bit about how that mantra came to be? Ooh, I, I, you know, first of all, thank you. I feel privileged to be here um, from both of you. That mantra took a, that's about 25 years of life experiences of maybe doing it the other way. And then finally having some uh, defining moments that really helped me to hone in on, on my inner power um, as a human. And I've been, it's been nonstop ever since. That's phenomenal. Can you share a little bit about your story of how you got started and kind of how you came to be? Just share a little bit of background here for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, born and raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'll go back that far and live most of my life in Michigan. Now, I don't know for anybody watching, if you've ever or listening, you've been to Michigan, it's kind of cold there. So uh, <laughs> had a cold upbringing, but I, lo I loved my state. And so you know what? Uh, I've always been a learner. I always love to read and study and grow. And so I think as a youth, I always had it, but I needed to be in the right environments. And moving to Raleigh in 2009 and learning a new, a new community, uh, doing a lot of things in sales. And I've, I've always been a team player. And so I think 2017, I, I started to spark. I started to like burst out of my own in these in my mantra and things like that. So, yeah, I love that that, that, that mantra of yours is really inspiring, Cornelius. And you're saying that you were you know, burst out on your own and that, and because and, and you deal so much with the youth, right? And and that that level of of really when people maybe are starting to doubt themselves, what are some of the things that you're seeing that you're instilling in these in these young adults that you see? I mean, if if you just see it this little way. There's a journey ahead of you that will be outstanding. What are some of the things that you're seeing and what is some of the advice that you're, that you're passing on for them? Yeah, I appreciate that. So a couple of the things that are very, I think, important when we're dealing with youth is building a relationship, building yeah. a trusting relationship. So I'm not a big advice giver at the beginning. It's all about just uh, building that trust. And I think that's a human thing. I don't think it's a kid thing. And so we do that big time. But once once that relationship is, is getting deeper and I have a connection, is I'm a seed planter. I, I, I plant seeds. And it could be so simple as, hey, hey, I'm proud of you. It's words. We know how important and powerful language is. And so it's it's the wording. Um, it's showing up and being consistent with them. I think a lot of kids are looking for that structure and consistency when it comes to um, their environment. And so if you can provide that and have some wisdom from life, these kids, are they love it. And, and, and most of them, they hear me, they'll hear you say these things. And they're like, I never heard that I'm powerful. You Wait a minute. You mean I can go out and create? Yeah, you can go out and create. So those are the kind of conversations I have with the youth I work with. 
That is so cool. I love how you say seed planner because that imagery there gives such yeah. a good description of what you do. And if you think back to whenever you were growing up and in, in, in your youth, right? Who was that to you in particular? Does anyone stand out to you who did that? Yeah, great question, Faith. Uh, my grandmother, I'm gonna start with grandma. I lived with my grandma for about 10 years and my grandma was like the most loving person in the world. She wasn't a disciplinarian. She was a lover. And so, you know, you didn't want to disappoint grandma. And so I, I can't remember a time where we had a disagreement because I, I just her bar was so high in love that I never wanted to disappoint her. But she was always giving us like this wisdom. And most of it was a uh, role model example. It wasn't always talking. It was just the way she lived. And so I, I would use her. And then another uh, a couple, John and Bev, I remember I remember it distinctly, John and Bev, I was nine years old. And this is a couple in my neighborhood that allowed me to come to their house, uh, do chores and, and all these little things. But we, we created this bond. And here I am uh, for context, this little black kid. This is this like kind of like this white uh, hippie couple. And <laughs> it, it's kind of like this odd thing, man. But like they really instilled in me some things that I didn't understand. It was like DEI back then. Wow. that really kind of land and hit home now for me. And so they were very crucial in some of the way, some of my values and beliefs when it comes to community. Well, what's it, what's it saying? It's a, it takes a, a village to raise a child, right? And it's, it's about yeah. finding those nuggets in the people around us and looking for and seeking out and looking for that advice. Uh, you would have somewhere in your, um, I guess your growth to who you are today and, and the way that you're depositing into the lives of others. What was the breakthrough for you, Cornelius, where you said, man, this is what I want to be doing. I, where did that come? Or what was it, that thing that said, boom, this is, this is who I want to be. When did you realize or what was that, that breakthrough? Yeah, it was 2018. I was at a high school here locally, Sanderson High School. Wow. And I was volunteering, just simply showing up for the kids, doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching, doing some group coaching. And I remember talking to a student and he was simply, we were just having a casual conversation in class, probably 25 students. And he said, no, we don't matter. And I was like, no, you do matter. And the whole class at the same time said, no, we don't feel like we matter. But when you, but when you come here, we really connect with you and we love what you're doing. And it was in that moment. Wow. It was, well, it was in that moment where it's like, no, this is it. This is it. So um, to add to that, I got a text from a 15 year old student at the same school a year into me showing up and volunteering. And he texted me and said, Mr. Kirk, I wanted you to know, I actually I actually considered killing myself. Wow. And I remember something you said a year ago and I talked myself out of it. And so it's stuff like that, that, you know, you don't maybe see it in the moment, but they're listening. Wow, it's like that ripple effect. Hey? I mean, yeah. and that just fills a person's a soul with, um, I guess, with purpose, I guess, right, to, to have that process. So, so if you think about people that maybe don't have the privilege of working with you, Cornelius, right, and, and, and feeling your energy and, and learning from you, what would your message be to them to say, you know, you matter, like you're saying? What would you say to them to say, realize this, this is who you are, yes, you're just potential. You're not actual. What would you want to say to those that are listening to us now um, in, that, in that youth gap that you're so focused in? There's a lot of pressure right now for youth. 
to get it. You know, they're, they're, first of all, I didn't grow up with social media, so I didn't mm-hmm. see all the things they're seeing and all the, there's some pressure out there for a lot of uh, youth. And I, I would yeah. first say, give yourself some grace. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm 48 and I'm still figuring out life. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I could be honest and transparent on that. I'm still figuring out things. And I think that as humans overall, we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to continue to explore and experience and figure it out. So, you know, give yourself some grace. But I also want to tell youth that always, like, this isn't something that you're earning. There's, there's two sides. There's mm. you, the human that is, you're valuable. You're always valuable if you believe you're valuable. And that's not a title. That's not how much money you make. It's just you, the person. Yeah. And I think when, when, when youth own that, I think life is like sky's the limit for youth. Mm. Wow. Whenever you said they have to know and believe that they're valuable, there's so much power in that. And the way that that transforms someone's trajectory, whenever they have that innate belief, um, that is just so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that's going to connect to the listeners that are listening to this and the way that you're speaking. Um, What would you say is is your biggest piece of advice to maybe someone who's saying, I'm trying to work on my self-talk. You know, I'm trying to believe in myself. I hear you say these things and I want to, I really, really want to, because I know that that's going to be the gap to where I need to be. But how, how do I get myself to do that if I'm trying and still coming up short? One of the biggest things that I did, and this, this actually came through a Dale Carnegie course is I started, I, I, I stopped with the expectations. I stopped with expectations of what it was going to look like. Uh, I just started to follow my journey and it takes time. Like for instance, if you, if you've been doing this for 12 years, you're not going to self-correct in 12 minutes. <laughs> you're just not. So, so, you know, again, giving yourself grace and celebrating small wins and little progresses because they're always happening. But sometimes we think it's going to be this big boom and it's not, it's going to be this small thing. And I think in Atomic Habits is a book James Clear wrote, and he talks about 1% of growth. And that's just 1%. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but over a year, if you do that daily, all of a sudden your life looks totally different. And so that's one of the things is just following that process. I love what you're saying about um, it takes time, celebrate that little success. And I mean, you're speaking to my heart because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and it's it's good to be, comp- I mean, you're competitive, right? You like the discipline and the competitive stuff, right? But we're sometimes so hard on ourselves and we're competitive that we actually don't celebrate the little successes we're having, right? So I love that you're sharing that. I'm just curious to know from your perspective, when you deal with um, these, these young adults or even with educators of young adults or, or in, the, in the companies that you do your, 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 your inspirational speaking at, what would you say, what are the things we should celebrate? I mean, we always hear about, you know, wake up and say, be grateful for three things every morning. I mean, I get that. But what are some other ideas that you could say, hey, man, celebrate this little success? That's going to put you on the path. Because sometimes people wake up and say, there's nothing I can be grateful for. What would you say to that? Or how, how can we get people to think differently? Wow. Think differently. That's a good question, uh, Neville. And I think the biggest thing is realizing that, first of all, I would say, get around better people, get around new people. I ask for feedback all the time from my friends, like, yo, what do you see? And they're like, man, I've been watching you and you're consistent. Now, sometimes I'm looking at myself and I'm like, yo, you're not showing up. And my friends are like, bro, you're killing it. 
And so getting having some cheerleaders around us, right? Some people that we trust and also giving them a lens to say, well, like, yo, you could do better over here. So I'd start there with the people I hang. I think they say the five people you hang around will, will create your life. Um, and then realizing too, when you talk about celebrating things, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be big things. You know, I didn't make my bed last week, but today I'm making my bed, right? Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's, I mean, is that a big deal? Well, that, that Navy colonel that talks about it says it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So I make my bed every morning. And usually my day, because at that point, now I'm setting myself up for completing tasks throughout my day. And so I, I'm very clear. I make my bed every day. It's the first thing I do. And so it's little things like that. Now, it doesn't have to be that, you know, it doesn't have to be something grandiose. It could be something very small. I think that's the key. It doesn't have to be something grandiose. And, and, and if, if it's just that little thing that, that makes it, that makes that impact, right? You were sharing, hearing from that, from that person that said, Hey, listen, man, I was, I was looking at, you know, ending my life and, a year later, he gives you that feedback and says, hey, man, I, I changed my mind. There's a lot of emphasis being placed on mental wellness, uh, you know, well-being, et cetera. If I'm in the wrong crowd and I realize that, what are the things, the key point is that you could share that maybe I can have a self-realization. So I've, I've got to change those, those five people that I hang around. Maybe I've got to, I've got to find that cheerleader. How, how would I start it or go about doing that? Um, in, in your opinion? That's a great question. Some of the things that we talk to our students about that I work with is our friend circles. Mm. And, and first of all, understanding what is a true friend? How do you label your friend? What are some characteristics that you want your friends to have to uh, earn your friendship? I think we have to earn each other's friendship. And, and, and the second thing is, number one is, first of all, being okay with being alone. Mm. I'm okay with being alone. I'd rather be alone than in bad company. And so that's a part. And I think a lot of people are afraid to kind of be alone, but sometimes that's the best thing for you. Um, and then assessing your friends. So I do an assessment of my closest friends probably every six months to make wow. sure that we're still aligned and going the right way. Because if I'm going east and they're going west, I don't think either one of us are going to arrive where we need to be. And sometimes that takes tough conversations. But, you know, I think it's important to check, your check on your friends and make, make those connections. Check, check on your friends and make those connections. Um, that's so crucial, especially every six months, right? To not just do it one time and then be done with it, but for it to be like a regular check-in, um, just like how we go to the doctor, you know, once or twice a year for our physical health, uh, keeping our mental well-being and all that in check, asking our friends, hey, you know, what do you see? I mean, just like you do with your friends, Cornelius, and, and sometimes they'll highlight um, aspects that we didn't even know we're there or that we were too hard on ourselves for who, who's the person in your life that's speaking the most, who's the loudest voice um, in your life right now, Cornelius, and what are they doing for you in this season? Yeah, I appreciate that question. So I have an amazing friend circle. Uh, I, my family, obviously, you know, my, believe family, like, my believe family, it. you know, like, like they, first of all, they want me to do well because it, they benefit from it. So that's number one. Uh, my children, my children, they challenge me. Uh, my fiance, she challenges me, but uh, then my friends circle too. And then uh, the, te the teachers and the kids I work with, like just knowing for me, this, this, this is when I changed my life is first of all, I realized my why, but I realized too, that those people you're asking about they're actually counting on me. And when I realize that, that it's not, it's bigger than me, 
it really changed my life. I was able to actually be consistent and disciplined because I knew that that, that behavior was tied to another human's success. And so that's the story that I tell myself, if it's true or not, that's a story I tell myself every day to cons consistently show up. That story becomes like an affirmation, doesn't it? I mean, it becomes like an affirmation and I'm, I'm, I'm driving myself uh, going forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's big. And you said your why in there, you said, I know my why now, and that has changed, you know, where I'm going or how I'm doing things. I want to ask, did you read the book, uh, start with why by Simon Sinek? And can you tell us your why? So, so yes, I'm a student of Sim. So I love his books, all of his work, all of his YouTubes. Uh, he just has a great way yeah. of, of making, making the heart simple, making the heart easy, I would say. He, he simplifies everything. Um, so my why, great question, Faith. My why is, wow. I'm, first of all, number one is I'm standing on so many people's shoulders. You know, my grandmother sacrificed so much for me. How dare me to not show up? And, and she didn't have anywhere close to the, the uh, access and tools that we enjoy now. Uh, she didn't have the education. She had an eighth grade education, but she never made excuses. I don't think I've ever heard my grandmother complain. So I'm standing on her shoulders. She passed away a couple months ago and we're dealing with that. But I tell you what, every I get up in the morning, and I'm like, yo, I'm going to make my grandmother proud. I know she's watching me and this is what she would do. And so that's one, that's one of my whys. My other whys come into... I want like, I know what legacy looks like. I know a lot of people talk about money and that's great. And I'm going to, I'm earning that too. But more than that is that I'm building a legacy that is tied to myself and who I am as a person, my family, and also my community. And all of those are wrapped into my why. And when, and when it's, it's bigger than me, I, I said, I'm going to say that again. It's so, this is, this life thing is so much bigger than me that it just, it just brings out all this energy and passion for everything that I'm doing. So that's, that's my why. Um, I have some things. I mean, I, I want to punch my passport. And I want to, I want to travel this world. Yeah. Yeah. I do selfishly. That, that's something I want to do. I want to eat great food every day. Uh, you know, so I have some things on my list that are material, but for the most part, most of it's all about people. And I think it's okay to have those goals. I just, I just love how authentically you're sharing that. And I want to stamp my passport. I want to eat good food. I mean, and, and that shows that ambition side that we all need to have those goals that we place and set ourselves. But what really resonates with me is when he said, you know, you, you made a, I made a note, Jay, get around better people, you know, earn each other's friendships. And it kind of makes me think about, you know, I, I remember when I grew up, I was in a, I was in a crowd of some wrong individuals and it was, it was a it was a it was a good friend that I was I was not prepared to lose as a result of my choices that was able to pull me to make the right decisions right and and it makes me think that there are relationships that need nurturing that I want to be a part of there's relationships that I got to start I got to look for those new people in my life that I want in my life and I've got to take the risk right I've got to I've got to go out and make that first move. And then there's relationships that I've got to, you know, terminate. I've got to, I've got to exit out of, you know. Um, and if you if there are people that are, whether it's a relationship with a significant other, maybe it's an, uh, a spouse that's maybe mentally or physically abusive, or whether it's just the wrong friend at high school or at college, how do I go about sharing or communicating that? And how do I, how do I shift out of that? What, you know, you've probably seen a lot of, 
young adults struggling with maybe some of these decisions, but what would your word of encouragement be to say, if you lose those people, it's okay to be alone, like, like you suggested? Because I remember that was tough for me to lose that popular friendship circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I, I, I would struggle with the answer a little bit because mm. I remember being that age and that was so important that that friend circle and the peer pressure that comes with that. And but I, but I would say being more self-aware that first of all, let's think about this. Like I'm thinking back to my high school days, if that's the age we're going at, and even college. And I think I have maybe one or two of those friends that I grew up with that I'm still friends with today. You're really only going to have over your life. And when I say friends, there's seasons where you have a friend, you know, and then there's lifetime friends. So you're probably only going to have about three or five true friends your whole life. And realizing that the rest of the people are going to kind of just go off into their own lives. And so it's such a temporary time. It's so important. I know it seems like it's everything in that time. It's temporary. So being very aware of who you are, number one, and then who they are and saying, you know, I'm okay with letting this go because I, and and knowing too, that there's probably a thousand or 2000 students in every school. So there's always somebody coming that can be coming in the door of that friendship and maybe the wrong person. We always talk about the bus you know, getting the right people on the bus, but then secondly, get them on the seat. Mm. Sometimes we have the people on the bus that shouldn't be on the bus. And then sometimes you just got to move them in the seats. So for my friends, I, I understand it. that like a bullseye, some people are closer to the middle of the bullseye and friends. And then some people are way out on the edge. They're still friends, but they don't have the same type of access to me. And so I'm, I'm very aware of the, who they are. And sometimes the people who are very close and they start to change, I can kind of, I don't have to get rid of them fully. I can move them out on the bullseye a little bit farther out, but I don't have to get rid of them because that, that can be traumatic. So, yeah. Shifting the bullseye. What a cool picture you just represented there. Um, I loved how you were talking about a shift in perspective as well, that, Hey, these people might not be in your life more than three to five years. Um, so really gaining an understanding of who you are making that your focus knowing knowing who you are so that you can um, go through you know high school and college the best way and the best possible you know time that you can have there even if you don't have like this large circle of friends even if you feel alone right working on that personal development which sometimes high school and college students don't think about till they're later on so putting that in their mindset now of i'm just going to figure out who i am like let's take this time if i don't have a group of friends around me i want to discover who I am, you know, why I'm created to be here, my purpose in this life. Um, that's, I think that that's going to be a piece of advice to get people through that, that tough time. It's like, stop worrying about others and, and what they're doing and, and how they're impacting, you know, you negatively, but really focus on what can I do in this season, let alone if no one else is around me, how can I personally develop to become the person that I want to be? And I choose to be. So do you have any thoughts on, on that, that little bit that I just shared um, and how more they can do that? I do. First of all, I felt so good when you were just saying all that. Like I was reflecting on myself currently. Like, I'm like, this is great. Like faith, that was great. Um, I think the biggest thing that you said, and you said comparison, you're talking about comparing. I know as humans, we compare, but it's so, it's so d- damaging to compare to other lives. And maybe you have those friends that do seem popular, 
But sometimes the, the, the stories we tell ourselves really aren't the truth. So I think that self-development you mentioned, oh my gosh, it's so important. Like that, that changed my life. And I think I started that in high school. I started doing self-development. I started reading books. Um, I started going to the library because that was a thing back then. And so I remember, I remember how, how, how helpful that was for me to just kind of develop myself. And I did that every day. And, you know, whether it's 15 minutes or two hours doing something alone and, and that's okay. I think, I think that's when you can really grow as a person is when you're alone and with your own thoughts. You started off a little bit earlier, you're mentioning, you know, social media and how we get pulled in in all these areas, right? And, and sometimes that's where the comparison is, right? We're only posting the good stuff. No one's ever sharing, you know, and I'm struggling to my bank this month, you know, I'm not, not going to fill the grocery cart. I'm only buying the bears. So no one's taking a, a selfie of that, right? And that does lead to some, to some comparisons. And, and, and I know that we we often are comparing ourselves to an unrealistic standard, right? So if I want to set these goals for myself, what would you suggest I do? Because I may feel overwhelmed because everyone's doing so much better and I don't have time and I'm really hard on myself. What should I do to set those goals? Or how can I start that process? Because it's, it's all in the beginning, right? So it's, all, it's all how do we start, not so much the finishing component of it. What, what, do you, what would your suggestion be? Yeah. Great question. I think writing it down, I think taking, you know, let's just say, let's just say, and I'm big on time management. Let's just say 15 minutes. We all have 15 minutes. That's I'm breaking it down. It's 1% of your day, 15 minutes. Wow. Writing down a few things that are important that you want to maybe, you know, you want to create in your life and, and making them and then breaking them down to the smallest factor every day. Do that for seven days, for instance, mm-hmm. and then go back at the end of seven days and look at your list and you'll, you'll accomplish more than you probably ever do, but you'll be able to see it. You'll see it on the paper and you'll see the progress. And so that's why I, curr- I still currently, I've been doing that for years, but I still currently do it because, you know, I, I probably have 50 journals at home that, that are written in and I'll go back sometime and just open them up and look at them to remind myself of how far I've come. And so, but that was the, but the starting process was simply identifying, I call it the sit method, stop, inspect, and then take off. But the stopping is where I write down the things that we're talking about. And then I go back and I inspect them and then I take off and it really works. Mm. That discipline that you're saying, if it's just 15 minutes every day, look at how much you can, you can go, especially journaling, writing it down, being able to look back, um, I've been journaling for seven years now. And so I can really looking back to where I was seven years ago compared to where I am now. Actually, whenever I started journaling, it was when I was in the rut of high school where I felt lonely, where I felt like I didn't have any friends and writing down what I wanted to do, who I wanted to become, uh, doing that every single day, being my own best friend in a sense, um, seeing myself as valuable. That's when faith really developed. That's when I truly became my own. And, and that built, built resilience at the same time, um, so that I could overcome the challenges that I went through in college. Now my master's and in my career. Right. So if you think about, um, the ways that you personally want to grow from here, Cornelius, what does, what does the future look like 
for you? What are you excited about? You know, you've spent a lot of time developing, obviously, and more to come, but give us a picture of where you want to be uh, in the next, let's say, you know, three to five years or so. Yeah, yeah, great question. So the biggest thing, number one, that I'm working on is my communication. Being, out, being a better listener, really, really honing in. I, I, I think of the horses that race that have those blinders on. So they can't see the other horses. And I'm picturing myself in my life with those blinders and just, just following my own journey. That's what I'm doing. I'm following Cornelius's journey. I'm not worrying about who's on a bigger stage speaking or how many books they have written. That's their journey. So I've, I've, I've gotten rid of that. And in the next three to five years, and it's, it's, it's been about five years. So in the next three to five years, I see myself continuing to work with students on the level that I am now, uh, be, speaking engagements, which I'm getting now. Uh, panels and writing my own book and and doing all of those things, but it's all still centered around the story of you matter and people and and showing up for people. And, and that's, I, I'm designing my life. I'll say that I've designed my life. And in that design, it's about people and it's about inspiring, equipping, encouraging, empowering people. And And the best thing about that is, is there's a, there's a, it comes back to me. I feel great about that. I better than about doing that, about getting that text or about getting that kid that says, yo, I, I got it now. Then I do sometimes earning money. It's just, it's just a great thing. So. And, and you're earning it, doing what you love. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. And you're depositing yeah. such value. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're inspiring. You really are. I'm just, I'm just enjoying talking to you and, and where you're growing to and what your, what your goals are. And I'm just thinking, I mean, if I could ask you a two-pronged question, I guess. If you think about the young adults that you're engaged with and you think about your role as a parent, right, those two roles, okay, we would ask you, what, what advice would you give the young adult that's looking to break out and do their thing? And what would the advice be for the parent that's maybe leading this young adult? Um, as a way just to, yeah, what advice would you give those two yeah. pockets? Yeah, great question. I think for the young adult, it's really about simply following your journey. I think it's wherever you are, start where you are. I don't care about what you've been. I don't care about your past. I don't care about your old grades. I don't care about your broken relationships, any of your mistakes. None of that matters. Yeah. Put that aside and start fresh today. If you, if that's your story, start fresh today, wherever you are, because that's okay. Like I do it all the time. I start over. I'm not quitting. I'm pausing. I'm reflecting. I'm recharging. I'm rebooting these things. Cause that's sometimes as humans, we need that, but start where you are. Don't worry about what other, everybody else tells you. You already have most of the answers they're inside of you. And so listen more to yourself when, yeah. when you're doing something, how does it, I, I went from, you know, asking everybody else and just now I say, hey, how do you feel? in this environment, or when you're doing this thing, how does it make you feel? And that's your answer. Your intu intuition will tell you. For the okay. parents, I think one of the things as a parent of many kids, I'm now reparenting my, I have some adult kids. I'm, I'm reparenting them now in a different way. I'm communicating with them in a much more open, you know, what do you see your life looking like versus telling them what I think they should do. And it's, created such a rich uh, relationship with my kids. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Wow. So I think for parents, just, just maybe listen 
more to what your kids want to do and, and, and find that thing and then incur- be their best cheerleader. You know? Love that. Parents that is- be the best cheerleader. Love that. That is so good. You know, Dale Carnegie calls us to be good listeners and, and you just represented that right there in the advice that you give. And so thank you for, for every piece of advice that you've given, every encouraging word that you've spoken over this podcast. I know it's going to resonate with the listeners. If they want to follow you, Cornelius, along the journey, uh, where can they find you on social media? Yeah. Um, and I thank you for that. And I, I want, can I plug one thing? Let's, yes. I, I, I'm, a program. Okay, I'm a graduate. I've been through many of the programs and, and I, you didn't ask me that question, but that was a defining moment in my life. Like uh-huh. I still apply all these principles, like, and it, it, it was probably, it changed my life to go through that uh-huh. program. So I, I just share that, but I'm on, I'm on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn. I'm on all of them under you matter. Yeah. Under you matter. Okay, perfect. Awesome. So, and if you want to follow us on Instagram as well, we'll link that down below. Um, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, hit the subscribe button so that you're able to get a notification on whenever a new episode comes out. Cornelius, this was an awesome one. Thank you again. Uh, Neville, any last thoughts? Just thank you, Cornelius, for being authentic and just true, man. It's, it's going to resonate and Appreciate you so much. You have a fantastic growth path forward, man. No, delighted having you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye.